Welcome to Dynasty Life. Redraft ends, but Dynasty is life. And on Dynasty Life, I've had uh, some really, really fun guests come into the mix. But I got to say, today's show, I'm super excited for because it's really going to be a really fun process. I'm joined today by Garrett Price of Dynasty Nerds, his first time here on Dynasty Life. And we're going to have a really cool mental exercise. We're going to try to price out what veteran players or veteran player packages you could squeeze out that could be an advantageous move for your dynasty team when considering how to value rookie draft picks. So Garrett, welcome into Dynasty Life. Why don't you let everybody know what you're doing right now at Dynasty Nerds? Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I'm excited for uh, for this exercise. You, you gave me a couple different options and I was like, oh, I definitely want to do this. This will be fun. Uh, so So I definitely appreciate that. And over at Dynasty Nerds, Right now, like like most dynasty sites, we're really starting to dig into the prospects. So, you know, for for us, we're more tape grinders more than anything else. So we're we're, we're digging into the tape. Jared Wackerly and I. This will be year five of putting together our nerd score, uh, which is basically our tape grades. But rather than just saying I like this player more than this player, we're able to tell you a quantifiable number of how much we like this player more. And obviously, it's pre-draft, so draft and everything factor in but just as far as their actual tape what we like what we don't like all of that kind of stuff so those are the big things for right now but we, we've been really ramping up the content more weekly shows all that kind of thing so it's, it's been fun yeah so i don't know about you guys but i know when it when it comes to me the the more tape and the more dive into this class like the more excitement i get we have a class that i think the enthusiasm for is maybe the highest it's been in three seasons. Is that how you're seeing, like from a bird's eye view, when we take a look at the 2022, 2023, we can throw the 2021 class in there. Like the overall enthusiasm for the 2024 class seems to be kind of at the highest level I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. I think this is the highest I've seen it since that that 2020 class. And but but this one even differs from that. And so it's it's more of a a pick your poison where that class, the excitement was mostly due to the running backs. Whereas this class, that's probably the weakest area yeah. of this class is the running back position. But man, there's a lot of good pass catchers, both at the wide receiver and the running back position. And there's a lot of talented quarterbacks available as well. So it, it is a, it is a very exciting class. And as long as you're a team that is fairly set at running back, this draft is is totally for you because there's a lot of good players out there to be had. Yeah, and just from a game theory perspective, I feel like there's almost a closed-mindedness with the running back class right now where there's guys that we're going to get at a discount because there's going to be a lot of dynasty managers that say, you know what, I've been hearing since January about how bad this running back class is. There's no Brees Hall, there's no Jameer Gibbs, there's no Bijan Robinson. I'm just going to pivot off. And I think that there's a lot of guys that are going to find like be very useful players for our dynasty rosters. I don't know Absolutely. if we've got a guy in this class that's a top five, you know, potential running back. But I think when we talk about like when we look at this class compared to that 2022 class, like a lot of that 2022 class, those guys got pushed in the second round. And Garrett, a lot of those guys helped us, you know, win uh, in dynasty this year and win in redraft as well. I think there could also there could be that sort of situation. Is that how you're seeing the class? Maybe not as good as the last two years, but a little bit better than kind of the markets treating it. Absolutely, and in every class, there's always guys that 
are going to rise. Uh, regardless of what we thought about them as freshmen when they came out. Uh, <laughs> uh, you got a shout, you got a shout no matter, out, a Bob Barker type shout out in the chat. I love it. One. I love it. <laughs> uh, but, but regardless, regardless of, you know, what we thought about these guys years ago, guys emerge, guys, guys grow. We were seeing year after year for a while there where, the top quarterback or the top running back or or the top guy at each position was a guy that wasn't even on anybody's board, you know, coming into the year. So guys will always grow, but I think we also need to look at it from the NFL's perspective in we want the bell cow backs. We want the guys that are going to get three down work that are going to get 20 touches a game. Like those are the guys that we, we want. But those positions are, or those opportunities are getting more few and far between in the NFL. But there are a lot of guys on here that can help a team in a specific role. So while they might not be your running back one, could we have a ton of really good flex options from this class? Because they're good pass catchers, or they're going to get a lot of goal line work and a lot of, you know, overall touches, maybe not the most valuable touches, but a lot of overall, like, so, so there's guys that are going to fit certain roles. And while they might not be those elite players, that doesn't mean they carry zero value. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think once we get a little bit closer to the to the actual NFL draft, certain guys are going to have a little bit more steam and a little bit more enthusiasm in the community, like we see every single year. Uh, yeah. But you know, before we dive into these rookie picks and rookie class, let's take a step back. The 2023 season is still very fresh on our minds. You guys put a lot of time into your process and your rankings and 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 basically your dynasty, you know, content over dynasty nerds, just like we do. When when you look back at the season, which player was your biggest disappointment from a dynasty level? And I asked this question on my redraft shows as well, but we really feel it in dynasty leagues where if you make the wrong decision in a startup or a rookie draft, you can feel it for like five years. Yeah. Uh, what was a guy maybe you guys were bullish on or you personally were bullish on? that let you down in terms of his performance on the field or maybe the usage he received from his team? Yeah, I, I know I didn't quite have this guy in our, our top 12 coming into the season as far as, you know, this year's running backs, uh, but but I did have him closer than I would have would have liked, and that was a guy in Miles Sanders. Uh, yeah. Miles Sanders, he got the big contract in the offseason. We thought that that translates at the worst, even if he's not efficient, translates to touches. You know, and, and touches are king. You know, as long as you're getting opportunity, something's going to come of that. Well, we get just a few weeks into the season, he's not performing well, and now all of a sudden, Chuba Hubbard is the lead back. And so a, a guy that was, like I said, for most people, I don't think quite top 12, but he was pushing into that territory and in, in, in dynasty uh, for, for at least the 2023 season. He was pushing into that, that, that territory in the – 15, 16 range. And a lot of people were counting on him to be the number two back there for them, especially coming off a strong season with the Philadelphia Eagles. And man, he just really crapped the bed for us. It also goes to show you the fickle nature of the running back position where it looked like he had insulation from his contract. But hey, man, if the next man in is close to you and, and, and the team feels more strongly about them, that doesn't even matter. There's a lot yeah. of these running backs like, you know, if we look at the dynasty startup running back values from like two seasons ago, it's almost laughable how many guys just have almost no trade value right now. And that's yeah. one thing to kind of be aware of. If somebody wants to overpay you for a running back, uh, not always the worst thing to do this time of year. 
And there's a number of those guys we're going to talk about, but it's not all negative negativity. Who was the guy that, you know, you were very positive surprise for you, whether you were bullish on them or not. And, you know, I was, I told Garrett, he's not allowed to say Puka Nakua on this answer. It's too boring. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I, uh, I, I may, may have cheated a little bit cause I did stick with the same team. Uh, I went with, I went with Kyron Williams here. So Kyron Williams loved his tape. Uh, and, and then obviously the entire community dropped him in their rankings. Once they saw the combine, he then fell in the draft and then he had his rookie campaign there in 22 and it was underwhelming. I think would probably be a, a safe word. Uh, he, it was pretty underwhelming. So even for a guy that was in on Kyron, guy talking about him as one of the top five backs in the class, regardless of, of draft stock, even I coming into this year was like, well, you know, we, we, we win some, we lose some. I, I don't know that there's going to be much there. And he just came out looking incredible. It wasn't even just from a volume standpoint, but from an efficiency standpoint, put up over 1,100 rushing yards despite not playing the full complement of games this season finished on a points per game basis as running back two. Like he was just incredible for your fantasy team this year. Yeah. That's an interesting one that you bring up because he's extremely polarizing right now, Garrett. And when you go to underdog for early best ball drafters, he's running back five. And then you talk to some people in that are doing early redraft rankings. They want to scoot him way up. And we also have to remind ourselves he's going into year three. Uh, in his NFL career. And it, yes, last year was almost a de facto rookie season because he had to deal with injuries as it, during his rookie year and really mm -hmm. missed all those valuable reps. It's sort of a litmus test right now. You've seen a time and time again, the James Robinson types, the Philip Lindsay types. Maybe they didn't have as much success as Kyron, but they sort of come seemingly out of nowhere, have a huge smashing success. And then all of a sudden you see a lot of dynasty managers really wishing they would have traded him from a dynasty perspective right now is Kyron Williams, somebody you're looking to get out from or somebody that you think the market has beat up in terms of his equity. And maybe he's a buy. I think in the dynasty landscape more so than anything else, because we've been snake bitten a little bit at times. I think his, his values a little more depressed than I think it should be. Um, Cause like you're saying, you know, best ball leagues, people looking at the 2024 season, they have him as a top five guy. So I don't quite have him that high, but I do have him as running back seven for me currently in the dynasty landscape. And it's, it, he, you know, when, when you talk about his age, he, he is still a very young running back uh, overall and what he was able to do. And, and especially, I think you have to, to also look at the situation of this team. Uh, will they probably add a running back at some point? There's definitely a possibility that they could add somebody, but we've seen Sean McVay when he has his guy, he tends to really ride with his guy. And I don't think Kyron Williams showed any reason to not go with him. So we don't have any sort of coaching change. That's going to really dictate that he loses a bunch of playing time. Uh, it's a team that I, I think still has some playoff aspirations and, and seeing how far they can get. So I think with all of these things put together and then you add in, this is, you know, like we mentioned before, not the strongest opportunity for rookies to come in uh, as it has been in other years. It seems like obviously any running back is a risk. Any running back is a risk, but he seems to be on the safer side for somebody that has the profile of a lower draft or a, a low draft capital running back. 
Okay, so you're on the spot here, Kyron Williams. This is, you know, we the we don't we don't really know the truth until we see that trade in our trade box or we're OTC. Yeah. So Garrett, what pick in single QB rookie drafts is getting you off of Kyron Williams right now? Yeah. If I were able to secure myself a top four, probably in single QB, I don't play in as many single QB anymore. It's mostly super flex. Um, but if if I'm getting a top four guy, then I will probably move off Kyron Williams. I think those those wide receivers are are pretty strong in this class. And then you have you know the potential of Brock Bowers uh, that I like quite a bit too. So I, I think if it was a top four guy, I would probably be willing to move off of him. But outside of that, I would need that pick plus to get rid of Kyron Williams. So essentially in a super flex about the 108 is getting yep. you off of Kyron Williams. I think that's I think that's a, a level-headed way of thinking. And I think there's some managers who would would uh take less. So you're you're definitely on the bullish side for Kyron. Uh and we're gonna dive into a little bit more of that 2022 running back class, which we talked a little bit in the pre-show. I think the the trade market is really weird for a lot of these guys because they, they they all performed, but they didn't really gain too much trade value in Dynasty. Uh, but right. before we do that, just as a general you know way of thinking, we, at Dynasty Life here, I try to dive into our guest strategies on Dynasty as well. And we're in a kind of a weird period of time where the Super Bowl is right around the corner. It's the NFL playoffs. You see some Dynasty managers kind of go into hibernation and kind of just chill out. You see other Dynasty managers who really get super active this time of year. Everybody's watching football. Everybody's you know paying attention to what the NFL is doing, and they want to get a bunch of trades done. Then there's some that are kind of in between. Where are you at in terms of how you handle your Dynasty rosters in like January, early February? I would probably be more of the in-between type of guy on this, and it's... You have certain leagues, and you mentioned it, where the league seems to go into hibernation. There's no more chat. There's no more trades. There's no uh, there, 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 there's nobody out there that's really looking to make moves, right? And you know, the, you can try, you can try to to, to stir things up, but you don't want to force something. You don't want to force a trade just to make a trade. And and you know, I think we've all been guilty of that at times if we're active players in our dynasty leagues where. We trade more or less out of boredom. We 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 just want we want some action. We want something to do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna force a trade, and then you end up overpaying just because you wanted to trade with somebody. But I think the the, the flip can happen as well, where you have people that are so in the moment. They are so. I, I just saw Jameson Williams score two touchdowns, and the you know. So I think he's worth this now. Okay, great. I'll trade you that for that player. Because I don't, you know, I, I might like Jamison Williams, but now he's being overvalued because it's it's the recency bias of it's it's the last thing that we saw, and man, he's still pretty young, and and it's it's uh, they got Ben Johnson back, we're we're ready to go, and and I'm not I'm not bashing Jamison Williams, I think he's a fine player, and he could do some things in in, in fantasy, but all of that being said, I, I want to make sure to try to take a non-emotional approach as much as I can, whether that is because we're excited about what's happening in the moment or because out of boredom, I just, I want to do something and I'm antsy just trying to take a very level-headed approach. Where's my value? Where can I capitalize? I think that the, that 
I'm probably more on the on the active side. I'll just sit mm-hmm. there and fire off some some offers. I got a Sam Laporta share yesterday in tight end premium. I you know I it was a new owner to to the league. Took over an orphan, yeah. needed a package, sent him a package, got a Laporta. Um, but I think you you bring up a great a great concept though. The recency bias, for whatever it's worth, the NFL playoff games those resonate with people. Those constant thoughts in your head about what you saw on the biggest stage, you can use that to your advantage on trades. And you really want to be careful trying to trade for those guys that pop in the playoffs. For every AJ Brown and DK Metcalf type guy who does it when they're young, you know we see Gabe Davis types and those kind of kind of guys happen every single year. Jake Ferguson. Not really a great time to time to make your trade offers for Jake Ferguson after the three right. touchdown game, and be careful on Jordan Love, even a guy who I'd love to have more more shares of. But I think the idea of him right now is QB five, who just showed out for seven quarters in the NFL playoffs. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to start talking about these trades. We're going to dive into this rookie class, and we're going to have some fun right here on Dynasty Life. Oh, I see it every day online, every single day. Hey, that looks like a great fantasy team in an eight-team league. Oh, wish I could be in a league with you, right? Well, guess what? Now you can respond with, sure, let's play on Betel. That's the beauty of this platform. This new Betel platform standardizes all position scoring. So you just load your team and you challenge your friend, your colleague, Twitter troll, and you can browse other teams and issue challenges. Betel is revolutionizing fantasy football. And with code UNDERWORLD, you get a $100 instant deposit match plus a free $10. So even if you deposit 20, you get 50. Think about that. So go to Betel.com, the code is UNDERWORLD. Betel.com, the code is UNDERWORLD. Or click a link in the description. It's fun to be right. Welcome back to Dynasty Life. I'm Theo Greminger, joined by Garrett Price of Dynasty Nerds. Okay, so we're we're, we're at the fun part of the show here. Uh, for, like, let's take a take a, a step back. When you're talking about your trades over the years, when it comes to moving picks for players and, and vice versa, uh, what what's been your most effective strategy? Let's say for for getting picks, are you somebody who likes to offer a package? Are you somebody that likes to offer a player? Or are you kind of a mixing it up? Yeah, I would say overall my biggest strategy for when, when dealing with draft picks is more so than even the players that I'm giving up or the packages that I'm giving up. Uh, what's up, Gator? Uh, it, it's more about the time of year for me. Uh, so I really like to try to capitalize on uh, the, the, the calendar of when picks have the most value and when picks have the least amount of value. So we have times of year that so 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 let's look at like right before the trade deadline in a, in in during the season. And some leagues don't have trade deadlines, but maybe right before the playoffs or that that mid-season where man, I couldn't care less about picks right now. I'm trying to win a ship. That's when I like to, if I have the opportunity to, to try to trade away players and get draft picks because typically you're going to get the draft picks cheaper during that portion of the season than you will any other time of year because right now I don't care. I'll give you two firsts to get, you know, Joe Mixon and, you know, uh, Gabe Davis 
and you just capitalized on getting two really worthwhile picks for players that may or may not help you in the future. Whereas on the flip side, the closer we get to the NFL draft, your dynasty leagues draft, the closer to that time of year you get, the more expensive these picks become. And these picks are almost impossible to get. And now you're having to pay an arm and a leg for a pick that six months ago, you would have had to pay half the price. So for me, it's not as much about the specific package. It's more about the timing of the trade. No, I love that. And I think that, you know, when you take a step back, a lot of dynasty managers will look at it as like four positions where you have quarterback, running back, tight end, wide receiver, but there's almost six positions because draft pick matters and having those extra draft picks to your, uh, you know, available, you know, for you to either trade or accumulate that helps you exponentially, whether it's moving up in a draft like this or making those moves, like Garrett said, to kind of push the chips in at the end of the line when you're going for a title, uh, that that's a that's a big one. And I think the sixth position is, you know, trade flexibility. And some people say that's kind of a weird one to say, but you want to have guys you can trade, not just a team full of like, you know, assassins, you know, looking to, you know, get it all in. So I think a lot of the best dynasty managers are constantly having balance and there's not really a contender versus rebuilder. You're always kind of looking to make those correct moves to have that trade equity, have the draft pick equity. So I, I love I love some of the things you said on that one. Now, how about how to manipulate the market? When you go into certain leagues, is it a weird psychological thing where there's certain managers who just want draft picks? It's more of a cool-looking roster thing where you know certain managers are don't seem to be necessarily going for it ever, and they're always trying to you know, just accumulate youth, you accumulate uh, draft picks. Do you identify players like that? Even some at the highest levels of dynasty, you still see guys like that sometimes. Yeah, it, it is funny. It's it's something where, and, and look, I'll even admit, I've been guilty of similar type things before where we get enamored with what could be, the 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 potential of what could be as opposed to what actually is. Very, very rarely does that team full of 21, 22, 23-year-olds and a billion picks ever equate to those being, you know, three top five running backs and four top 10 receivers. And Like, very rarely does it ever work out that beautifully. If you're that gifted of a drafter, then, hey, kudos to you because it's really tough to continually hit on the right prospect every time, every year. So, uh, yeah, we we can get very enamored with the potential of man. I've already got you know I've already got these these two young running backs, and I have I have five picks. So that's going to be two more great running backs, and that's three more great receivers, and like you know, all of these things. And so, as opposed to, hey, I know he isn't sexy, but. Maybe I would rather, instead of 201, just have Mike Evans and just get me two years of what I know could be. Now, that maybe isn't the perfect example because I know shifting teams and things like that. But but no, that, I, love, that general... I love that example. I think that's exactly like you're picking another thing you could exploit in the market where, you know, finish your thought. But let's talk a little yeah. AJ Pex too. Uh, not to get yeah. too off, off subject, but no, I'm all a, lot about of this, it. a lot of the same managers 
who continually only want draft picks are also the types that will sell a guy right in their peak production. And I think more so than others, I mean, the dynasty and NFL marketplace has kind of changed a little bit where two seasons ago, we saw, you know, so much production from tons of running backs past the age apex last summer. You could have got Alvin Kamara for nothing. This year, he averages 17.9 points per game. Do you yeah. think that the age apex is a little bit overrated as a dynasty principle, or is it something you still want to adhere to generally? I think it's something to be cognitive of. Like you, you need to be aware of what ages in general do we see potential drop off? You know, what ages do I need to be a little bit more aware? But I think you have to leverage that against, well, how expensive is that player? Because I think we got I think the 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 perfect example of this was when Todd Gurley went from being the king of fantasy football to a nobody in about a year and a half, I think that was really the calling card for Dynasty to say, crap, we've got to get out while we can, abandon ship after 26. There's no, like, and while there are going to be more running backs that fall into that type of, of scenario, there's going to be plenty, at, and not just the running back position, but other positions as well, when you start to reach that level, that they still have very productive years left. I remember... Three years ago, three years ago, I traded for Keenan Allen. I traded a late first round pick for Keenan Allen because the guy said, well, he's almost done, blah, blah, blah. I just got three really productive seasons out of Keenan Allen. If if my first round pick, whether I use it as a draft selection or in a trade, can get me three years of productivity, that's I'm thrilled because those picks are not guaranteed. So if I'm getting three productive years, whether that's from my rookie or from a player, as a dynasty manager, I have to be very happy with that type of production. So, um, so yes, I, I think, and I don't know if I went too like out outside of the no. Box this is this is about, what we but. this is what we want on Dynasty Life. You know, we're not just sitting here being like, "Who's your 102? Who's your 102?" This is like we're right. trying to dive into it. Um, but the, you know, the people want us to start talking about these draft pick trades. So we Let's don't do want we don't want to bury the lead. We've gone 26 minutes here. Let's first of all talk about the tier breaks. So you play a lot of super flex. Mm -hmm. Right now, I would say there's a pretty safe early top seven in super flex. I would uh, agree. You have, and we, you know, without ranking them, the three quarterbacks, Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, the wide receivers, Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze, and then the generational prospect in Brock Bowers. Yep. Would you have any kind of pushback on that or is it a clarity for you i think you know i think that is the pretty clear top seven at the moment i think you'll you'll see that as a general consensus across the landscape and i wouldn't i wouldn't buck any of that right now until i really have my deep dive into players but uh at the moment everything i'm seeing kind of shows those really are the top guys as far as most likely to produce but also getting that draft capital so in Superflex right now, who would be your 108? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I saw this question on here and I was digging through my rankings. It's so like, hard. Hey. It's a, it's a, it's a, and and I and I'm guilty of this as well. I've made a case for Troy Franklin. I made a case for Brian Thomas Jr. I don't want to push up one of the other quarterbacks. I think that's kind of where I'm at. 
But if mm-hmm. one of them goes like top 12 in the NFL draft or something, then we're kind of like going to have that hard decision to make. I don't know if that's well. what's going to happen, but it's, it's weird. But where's your gut going with this one? Yeah. So right now I don't think that there's any running backs that I'm ready to put in that range. So I, I do think we kind of have to go to the wide receiver position, even though I will put a small caveat out there. I love it. You know, it's funny because when you have this senior bowl stuff, you have uh, when you see guys that you liked ahead of time performing well, you're like, yeah, I told you that's right. He's awesome. And then when you see it, uh, a guy that you didn't necessarily like do well, you're like, well, it's only, it's only the scene. I mean, it's, it's a week long process. Go back to the tape. So, you know, I'm just as guilty of that as anybody else, but a guy I liked that, that did get, Pretty good buzz from the Senior Bowl is Marshawn Lynch uh, from USC. Lloyd, uh, Lloyd. From, or sorry, Lloyd. Thank you. Um, uh, formerly from South Carolina, so uh, he, he is a player that I like. That I could see sneaking in to one of those top running backs, but we'll have to see how the 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 NFL evaluates it. All of these running backs right now are are very close. I don't think that there's a clear like. Oh, this guy's definitely the top guy. This guy's definitely the second. This guy's definitely the third. I think it is very much so up in the air. But to go back to the original question, I do think at this point we we do lean toward the wide receiver position. And if I'm speaking frankly, if I'm at this spot, I'm probably trading back if possible to 111, 112, because I don't think the level of prospect is much different than the 108. If I had to decide today, I'm probably taking Troy Franklin. I'm yes. enamored with Coleman, but I want to dig into his tape because I do worry that he could fall into, you know, two guys that I was very low on uh, the past couple of years that were right. I had a couple that I was high on that were wrong, but two guys that I was low on were, were Traylon Burks and Quentin Johnston. I do worry he could fall into a similar so I, I'm curious once I really dig into his tape. So I don't want to say that, uh, you know, I don't want to confirm that necessarily, but Troy Franklin's the one that I'm leaning towards at the moment. And Slashy, I see your comment in the chat. We we cover a lot of single QB stuff here too at Dynasty Life. And, and I'll say like just a little math there. So if if Garrett's giving you Troy Franklin as <laughs> his 108 in Superflex, that's probably your 105 in single right now. And that's where I've been at too. The one guy I'll throw out there, I think Brian Thomas Jr. after the mm-hmm. NFL draft, like I've had Troy Franklin ahead of Thomas Jr. And then I look at it and I'm like, you know, he might have be drafted 15 picks ahead. And even if I love the, even if I love the profile, and I do think Troy Franklin's going to be a really, really good player for fantasy, the next kind of like skinny, low BMI guy to produce big time. Uh, I think Brian Thomas Jr., like, this guy could be a T Higgins and just step into the league and be an outside X um, with big time draft capital. So I, I, I agree there's still, and we'll have a little more clarity of this as we kind of move along, but I think there's something being said for if I'm at the one Oh five right now in single, or I'm at the one Oh eight in super flex trying to trade into that top seven. I don't think you're going to get burned in the process of doing it. And I would be willing to overpay to get a little bit higher. Um, let's let's take a step back and start talking about it. The Superflex 101 for you right for me right now is Caleb Williams. Is that where you're at as well, Garrett? I am. I do like Drake May quite a bit, uh, but at the moment, Caleb Williams is just he, he's too tantalizing to pass up. 
Okay, so Caleb Williams agreed. I think this is a guy that, you know, is unbelievable. And, like, the tape is nuts. And, you know, his production's been crazy. Whether it's high school, whether it's college, he's broken out at a very early age and had immense success. Did it at two schools, won a Heisman Trophy, whatever. We all agree Caleb Williams is good. What are what would it take, veteran-wise, for you to trade for that to trade that 101 away in Superflex. Let's just go down the list. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, the sort of like the the god tier. Are mm-hmm. those guys automatic yeses if somebody offers you the 101? Oh yeah, I would I would much rather okay. have that tier. Okay, so I'm with you. Then we go down a little bit trickier. Lamar Jackson, I'm still taking ahead of the 101. Where are you at on that one? So I have a couple guys ahead of Lamar. Uh, I have Lamar a little bit lower in my rankings, but I probably, I would probably still take Lamar at this point, uh, just because as amazing as Caleb Williams could be, if I end up being a couple spots, if if Caleb Williams ends up being three spots ahead of Lamar Jackson, not the end of the world. If that guy flames out and Lamar Jackson is just continues to be awesome that's going to crush you. So here with those, those top tier guys, I tend to play it a little bit more on the safe side uh, because those are franchise altering decisions. Okay. Here's an interesting one. If we did this show, you know, last summer, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know, and we're talking about, or even before last NFL draft. And I said, Caleb Williams, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Drake may rank them. We were going to come up with Caleb Williams as QB one uh, when that question was asked. Yeah, all last draft period we heard next year's draft class is better for quarterbacks, and then look what happens. CJ Stroud goes into the league and has one of the best rookie seasons ever by a quarterback, and Anthony Richardson, in a very small sample size, showed that he has QB one overall upside if he can just stay on the field. Yeah. So yeah. let's say somebody with an Anthony Richardson or a CJ Stroud. And right now we have CJ Stroud at quarterback four in our dynasty rankings at player profiler. You want the rest, definitely take a look on the site. But CJ Stroud's up to quarterback four. He's a he's a astronaut. This guy went to the moon this year in the dynasty rankings. Yeah. CJ Stroud or Caleb Williams, Garrett? Uh, at this point, similar to what I said, I'm taking the safe thing here. We've seen it. We, we've seen exactly what you would hope to see out of a top, uh, you know, five pick at the quarterback position in CJ Stroud. So it would be fairly easy for me at this point to still take CJ Stroud. Okay. So then we we're, we've gone through it. And Anthony Richardson, this is one where I had Jax Falcone, uh, Scott Bollinger here on dynasty life. And he's on Anthony Richardson ahead of Caleb Williams right now. That one, there's a little bit of pushback though. Where are you at on Anthony Richardson versus the Superflex one one right now? I think that's a fair spot to have some question marks because even though we did see it with Anthony Richardson, I mean, the the tape was awesome. I mean, when he was there, it was incredible, but he struggled with injuries his entire college career is, is now into the NFL. He played what two and a half games. Like uh, it's, it's a very good question because neither one is a slam dunk at this point. So I, if I had 10 dynasty teams, I'm probably taking Caleb Williams five times, Anthony Richardson five times. But at the moment, I would probably take Caleb if I had one league and had to choose between the two. Okay, so let's go a little bit further down the list. Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. 
that tier of like, you know, everybody's ranking them inside the QB ones, mm-hmm. but it's not quite that God tier that we see right. from some of the guys, you know, at the top. Is that a pivot that you're going to consider for Caleb Williams? Or would you prefer to go with the unknown with the potential to be a QB one overall in Williams? I, I'm going to go with Burrow and, and Herbert there. Uh, I'll take both of them still above Caleb Williams. And it, that's no knock against Caleb Williams, but we saw, and not that they're the same guy or going to be going to the same situation, but we saw Trevor Lawrence a couple years ago as this unbelievable prospect and just hasn't panned out. And I would say Caleb Williams is on a similar trajectory as far as hype and where people rank him and feel about him as a rookie. And could he be up there with the Mahomes and the, the Josh Allens? Absolutely. He could, but do I want to take that chance that he does what Bryce young has done that he, that what uh, Trevor Lawrence has done when I already know Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow can easily get me top five seasons. Yeah. Like why, why risk it at that point? And that's where I'm kind of at. So it's funny, and I, I hate to be a, a somebody motive, mo- moved by coaching changes. Yeah. I don't love the Harbaugh signing for Herbert in terms okay. of when I think of a of a, a Harbaugh offense, maybe, you know, I'm being a little too close-minded on this. You know, I think about the running back production. Uh, I think about his years in San Francisco where he had a scrambling quarterback in Kaepernick who was very fantasy-friendly but in a different way. Then mm-hmm. they hire Greg Roman – which we've always had issues with kind of the pace. I might, I like Caleb Williams enough that mm-hmm. I might make that pivot um, where I might be willing to trade Herbert for for that 101. That's how highly I think of Caleb. Um, yeah. I just don't know if, I, I feel like the ceiling might be a little bit capped for Herbert as they move to a little bit more of a running offense. I, I wonder about, you know, how much, uh, you know, targets to his running back he's going to have, which he had so much success with over the past few years. And then you bring up Keenan Allen also could be a cut candidate. So I think that's where we're seeing a little bit of a cutoff. Now you've gone through QB eight, your, Mm -hmm. your QB eight there. So now I'm at QB nine, Kyler Murray or the one Oh one. And I think this is, this is where I'm willing to now make the jump to probably pretty consistently the one Oh one, because there's enough warts on almost everybody else at this point to where you're you're you have a similar risk level uh so i think at this point i would definitely be taking caleb williams over kyler murray me too so we're on the same page with that now for our single qb people in the chat marvin harrison jr is going off the board at the 101 uh in single qb before we answer this one how close is malik neighbors to you for for marvin harrison jr uh you know from the, the wide receiver one wide receiver two garrett it's it's difficult because neighbors is a, a fantastic player but at this point i still do have them in separate tiers i okay. do think everything that we've seen out of out of marvin harrison jr and and, and, I, and i've heard the rumblings of, about putting him in the same tier and 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 i'm not going to knock anybody for that but it, it does feel like at times we get this prospect fatigue and we've been hearing about marvin harrison jr for years and we we want controversy we want a rivalry we want and and maybe some people legitimately have him there and i'm not trying to knock anybody that does uh at all but for me from what i've seen on tape marvin harrison jr is just a freak and we we have not seen a prospect 
like him in a long time. That's fair. I think we could start talking about Julio Jones, AJ Green, like the the greats when we talk yes. about Marvin Harrison Jr. So that being said, Marvin Harrison Jr., the 101 in single quarterback leagues is insane right now. Right now in wide receiver land, let's say that there's a wide receiver pivot. Mm-hmm. CD Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, those three, you're are you immediately trading the 101 if you have a chance to get those guys? I would. I would take oh. I would take all of those guys. The only one that's like even sort of close is probably Jamar Chase, but I would still pretty clearly take him above. I like his quarterback situation. I, yeah. So at this point, I think it's pretty safe to say I would take all three of those guys above Marvin Harrison Jr. I would too, and I would I would probably not say something nasty in my trade response. I wouldn't be insulted, but <laughs> I would I would I would say no, thank you. Okay, yeah. so now we get down to now we're starting to think about it. Amon Ross St. Brown, who's coming off of the best season of his career, went over 1,500 mm-hmm. receiving yards, over 100 uh, receptions, had his career high in air yards, career high in targets, and he's still only 24 years old. But Sam Laporta and Jameer Gibbs are both sure. guys we value big time in Dynasty, and it could be a those guys see a slight, maybe 10% increase in targets and maybe Amon Ross St. Brown could be capped in this offense or the bullish argument is Theo, you're an idiot. The pie grows larger. Amon Ross St. Brown is just amazing. How can you consider trading him for the 101? Where are you at on this one? Because I think I might be leaning towards taking that 101. It's definitely it's definitely at the part where you would consider it. Um. I think at this time I'm still taking Amon Raw, which is difficult because and and this is the other thing that I have to do here that I that I might not have mentioned. I'm an Ohio State fan, so I have to do my best to like take off my Ohio State glasses and try my best to see everything as neutral as humanly possible. But it is tough when you watch a guy Listen, every week. You got an Ohio f- uh, map behind you. And you have a, I can't tell which player that is, but that's a framed Ohio State jersey over it's your shoulder It's actually as well. a Niners jersey. It's a Jerry okay. Wright. Okay. But, well, it's close enough. You're close enough colors there. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, so keep your Ohio State uh, hat on. Single okay. quarterback, Garrett Wilson, and let's say the 111. Are you taking that package or are you taking Marvin Harrison Jr.? Because, like, Slashy in the chat, brings up a, like I play a lot of FFPC so does Slashy trying mm-hmm. to trade for a 101 in single quarterback leagues right now is literally impossible you get like the like it's impossible right now so you have to talk start talking about some packages that are like dynasty calculators uh or a trade analyzers would give you like a, a a loss on this one but these are the kind of packages that in real life you need to consider so your yeah. guy Keon Coleman could be the 111 Keon Coleman and Garrett Wilson or Marvin Harrison Jr. That's a that's a fantastic question because that would be the type of trade that would make me go like, huh. I'm probably still gonna go with Marvin Harrison Jr. just from the tape I saw. And 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 maybe maybe this is unfair because I know that there are extenuating circumstances that can factor into a player's production. I just don't see how Marvin Harrison Jr. He can't miss. He can't like, miss. I just don't see a world where, like, 
worst case scenario, he's averaging quarterback or uh, wide receiver 12, like his, his career. Like that seems like worst case scenario to me. Uh, yeah. So it's, and you've got the fact that his father played in the league for so long. He's got the lineage. A lot of those guys seem to hit. He does it's, things the right way. There's no like get off the so, field. So you're issues. taking. I'm with you. Let's let's move on from that one because I think I'm still taking MHJ over the package. I am just so uncomfortable because I love Garrett Wilson so much. I do too. Um, and it's funny because Garrett Wilson, if if last off season, if somebody was like Garrett Wilson or the or the 2024 101 in single QB. I might have gone Garrett Wilson, but it's like the more and more with Marvin Harrison Jr., you feel like you could be missing out on like an all-timer. Yeah, um, absolutely. And let you know. So, okay. So, how about the running back position? You have, like you talked about, they're getting more and more rare to have running backs who could give you a twenty-point per game season in fantasy. Are you considering Jameer Gibbs, Bijan Robinson, or Brees Hall for the one hundred and one? And I'll say this: let's make it even harder. I'll add a 2024-205 to any of those running backs for Marvin Harrison Jr. So you get last year's 101 in single QB, B. Mm-hmm. John Robinson, and the 205, which could be a, a Trey Benson. It could be a Vlad McConkie, who whatever way you want to shape sure. it. It's a valuable player, plus B. John Robinson for Marvin Harrison Jr. I think these, you know, it would be in a startup, I'm definitely taking Marvin Harrison Jr. Trade, I am going to allow a little variance based on team structure where I could see a scenario if I'm if I'm doing really well at receiver, but I really need that top tier running back to put me over the top where I could see myself making that type of move. Uh, so overall value, I'm still going with Marvin Harrison Jr. But with trades, I do allow a, a little more ambiguity in in uh, in that kind of move. Yeah, I mean, and also it's roster specific. If your roster is completely beat up, um, you know, and you need the package, that always plays into it. Um, but I do think one thing that's interesting is last year you saw like the like the highbrow dynasty concepts of can your roster support Bijan Robinson? And if you're not like a top four team in your league, do you want to take on a running back, albeit a great one, because those guys can lose value, blah, blah, blah. Marvin Harrison Jr., he fits your build if you're a you know, a championship contender no or what. if you're, you know, it doesn't matter. So let's move on from the two guys at the top. Now you start talking about Drake May. Is Drake May or Marvin Harrison Jr. your super flex 102 right now, Garrett? At the moment, I would still take Drake May. Uh, and it's it, it, it's tricky because Marvin Harrison Jr. as a prospect is is truly generational, maybe even more so than Caleb Williams. I would argue he is. But the value of a quarterback in Superflex cannot be understated. So you look at, you know, even Justin Jefferson right now, most drafts he's going 107 yeah. in Superflex, somewhere around there, because those top-tier quarterbacks always are going to trump those top-tier receivers. And so at this point... Drake May is close enough to Caleb Williams in that where I would take him, but I would still be taking Marvin Harrison Jr. Absolutely next. Okay, so let's talk about Drake May then. Let's start at our cutoff line. So for you, Caleb Williams, you know, our our QB9 at player profiler, Kyler Murray, you're taking Caleb Williams ahead of him, as am I. So where are we at with Drake May? Drake May is still going ahead of Kyler, yes or no? 
So I I did I did just update some of my rankings, and I this next tier of quarterback is really fascinating just in general because whereas I'm closer to you guys in in Kyler Murray being you know higher up, I know a lot of people, including you know my co-hosts, that have Kyler Murray more in the fourteen ish yeah. range. He's polarizing right now. He's, He's a very, very polarizing. polarizing. Yeah. So at the moment. I could make a strong argument that it's Caleb Williams, then Drake May, back-to-back. Uh, to back. I could, too. I'm with you. And I think the uh, one under underestimated ability that Drake May has is Drake May can run, too. Yes. So, like, Drake May is going to give you rushing production. And, and people talk about the accuracy, the big arm. But, like, he could be super fantasy-friendly. All three of these quarterbacks could be yeah. super fantasy-friendly. But let's keep going down the list. This is we'll go lightning round. Drake May or Trevor Lawrence? I'll go May. I'll go May as well. Drake May or I'll leave Dak Prescott because he's older, so it's got a longer conversation. Too nuanced. Yeah. But the two two guys which had big time seasons and they're both young, Jordan Love and Brock Purdy. This is easy, Drake May, correct? Yeah, it's Drake May for me. Okay, so then we've 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 reached it. Let's uh let's push down a little bit, uh guys. Let's go Jaden Daniels. So your 103 in Superflex is Marvin Harrison Jr. or is it Jaden Daniels? It's Marvin Harrison Jr. for me. And, you know, if Jaden Daniels gets top five draft capital, that that is going to make this conversation a little bit more difficult. I'm not a huge believer at the moment in, in, in Jaden Daniels. I'm not as high as consensus is, but as we've seen many times, many years, those quarterbacks just carry so much value. Even if they don't hit right away, you usually have time to still move on from them. But even guys, you know, a few years ago, Justin Herbert was pushed way down boards, was an awesome value. Lamar Jackson was pushed way down boards as a first round quarterback. And now you have some guys that are kind of middling like a, like a Daniel Jones, he, he could have gone either at times. He was a, a, a good value at times. He kind of blew up in your face. And then you have guys like Zach Wilson that just blew up from day one, basically. So it is a, a difficult conversation, but at, this is the point where I'm going to allow just the, the freak nature of Marvin Harrison Jr. just went out. Okay. So that's fair. We've, we've talked about Marvin Harrison Jr.'s trade equity, how hard it is to move off of him you know, really with any of the scenarios I threw at you. So let's drop down to your 104, I'm guessing is, well, let's clarify that. Malik Neighbors or Jaden Daniels is your 104 in Superflex. Which one? At the moment, it would be Daniels, but I don't feel good about it. Okay, so let's talk about Daniels, though. So this is a guy that had over 2,000 rushing yards uh, over the last two seasons at LSU, obviously wins the Heisman Trophy. If we were looking at fantasy points per game, he averaged over 40 yes last year um and he's gonna run the 40 i don't want to like predict 40 times but let's say that he's gonna run a wide receiver like 40 like he's gonna be a four in the four fours i would be surprised if Jaden daniels runs like a four five four i think he's like more like a four four eight you know if i had to guess and bet money on it so he's lightning fast has the production fantasy friendly not as insulated a prospect as drake may by any means um, but he's but for fantasy potential could really put up some numbers. Where are we at on this tier? Okay, so we'll start at Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence or Jaden Daniels? I'll take Lawrence. 
I think I'm probably going Lawrence as well. It's begrudgingly, but Trevor Lawrence is going to be a starter for the next 15 years. And he might never be a QB one, but he's always going to be there. There's no like risk there. So let's right. go down another another level. We get to the Jordan Love, who was QB five last year, and Brock Purdy, who's about to play in a Super Bowl. Both of these guys gained an exceptional amount of value. Love had the first round draft capital, and Brock Purdy was a seventh round pick three years ago. So we're we're like in in weird territory for both of them. Right. I might go Jaden Daniels over either. Where are you at on that decision? I think I'm going to split the difference here. I think it would go Love, Daniels, Purdy for me at the moment. Okay, so so Jordan Love is getting you off of a super flex 104 right now. I think so. I think yeah, so. Yeah, I, I I think I think that's about that's about fair value. With 103 seems too high, 104 seems too low. I think I'm just extra bullish on Daniels and I'll say this sure. quick quick aside do you treat quarterbacks in, in a single QB league? Would you be way more apt to try to get Jaden Daniels because of the potential he has in single QB leagues being a difference maker? Do you think that's a good way to play dynasty to kind of treat the rankings differently depending on the format? I think that's a shrewd move to make in single quarterback. I'm much more willing to play it a little fast and loose and just simply looking at upside. You know, what kind of guy can get me in that? potential top tier quarterback because I can always trade for Kirk Cousins. I can always trade for Jared Goff. I can always trade for somebody to be steady for me and it's not going to cost me anything. But if I have those opportunities that somebody could get me in the top tier, that's, you know, Anthony Richardson's another great example. You know, I might be able to, I might be willing to pay a little bit more than perceived value for Anthony Richardson in a one QB league just because of what could be there. And that's where you really see the difference in a one QB league is those those top three, four, five guys, depending on the year. That top tier is really where you get the difference makers at quarterback and one QB. No, I love it. And I've, I've tried to make that argument. Some people hate it, but I think it, it makes sense. I love it's it. like, you know, you got to you got to go with little micro strategies to be really successful in Dynasty. So we're at the 105 and Superflex. And now I'm going to start to refer to these as in the single QB rankings as well. So I'm. if you play single QB, we're talking about the 102. If you play super flex, we're talking about the 105. Malik Neighbors for both, correct, Garrett? Correct, absolutely. Okay, so we talk about Malik Neighbors, and this is a guy that John Lobb, uh, you know, he has right, right with Marvin Harrison Jr., and I've seen a couple people on that train. For me, I'm Marvin Harrison Jr. clearly ahead of Neighbors, but this is like a 102 that's worth an exceptional amount I think Malik Neighbors could give us top five seasons as a fantasy wide receiver. And when I did my rankings, I said that there's a scenario where he scores more fantasy points than Marvin Harrison in their careers. Like that good a player. So 102, less insulated than Harrison Jr., but a guy that, that we're both excited about. We'll go to the single QB rankings now. Are you trading? Let's go. I'm pulling up my rankings here. I'm going to stump you on this one. Let's start right. with Garrett, Garrett Wilson or Malik Neighbors. I'll take Garrett Wilson. Okay. Puka Nakua or Malik Neighbors. And this is one that stumps people a ton because Puka yeah. Nakua is an astronaut. He's going eighth overall in underdog. He's, you know, a wide receiver one for us at Player Profiler. 
you know, it's insane how, how a meteoric rise he has. But now you get a chance to get a wide receiver that's going to be drafted in the top 10 of the NFL draft that you love the yeah. profile for versus a guy who is really good but needs 155 targets to give you top five wide receiver production, in my opinion. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Malik Neighbors on this one. I am a hair lower on Puka than consensus here, and you know things worked out obviously incredibly well for Puka, but we've seen this kind of over and over where uh, you know Matthew Stafford and more specifically Sean McVay can make solid receivers look incredible with that scheme. You know, we, we saw it with Robert Woods. We saw it with, with Cooper Cup. I don't think anybody thought of those types of players in the same echelon as the, you know, Julio Joneses of the world. And the, you know, they didn't think of, but have they performed like it in the past? Absolutely. So I think that's what we're seeing. I think we're seeing a solid player in Puka Nakua get really elevated because of the scheme and quarterback. I agree with you. Agree completely. Uh, question in the chat that kind of applies to this. Mm -hmm. Jamar Chase and the 202 for Puka Nakua and the 104. So this is a single QB question. Chase and the 202 or Puka and the 104. So essentially this could be a Puka and a Roma Dunze. This could be a Puka and a Brock Bowers. But you're getting Jamar Chase and still a premium pick in the 202. Which way are you going in this one? Um, like I said before, when I'm, when I'm dealing with these top-tier guys, these franchise-altering players... I tend to play it a little bit safer, so I'm going to take Jamar Chase. Me too. Begrudgingly, I'm going to take Chase there. Just oh. and I think I'm going to get value out of the 202 as well. Like if yep. it was Ch if it was Puka and the 104 for Chase, then that's that might be that's enough. a little different. That's a little yeah. different. But the 202 as well that makes it a lot better. Um, so we're we're at we're taking Malik Neighbors over uh, Puka Nakua. We both agree on that one. How about AJ Brown? A.J. Brown's been terrific the last two years in Philadelphia. Gets Kellen Moore as his coordinator, which, you know, I don't think anything scary at all for, for A.J. I think, if anything, that's neutral to a win uh, in terms of Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. But A.J.'s going to be 27, not old, but older. Is that a pivot trade you would make where in a 102 single QB league, you're trading A.J. Brown for that pick? I think I'm still taking A.J. Brown. If I am more in a rebuild mode, I would look to see, you know, can I get 102 and then maybe throw a little sweetener on it to get A.J. Brown to a contender. So it's definitely a move I would be open to considering in a rebuild, but but generally it's A.J. Brown for me. Okay, how about Chris Alave? I think this is an easy Malik Neighbors for me, but I think some well. people might like Alave there. Yeah, I, I would take Malik Neighbors there. Alave's been, been good, but he we haven't seen anything elite from him yet. Whereas I think we feel pretty solid that Malik Neighbors is going to at least be good, just like Olave, but he has a chance to be elite. Garrett, I know I only told you an hour. Do you have 10 more minutes here? Yeah, we're good. Okay, cool. All right, cool. we're good on time because this is what happens. We go off the rails and now yeah. we're at 102. So let's go back to the running back positions. The guys that wouldn't get you uh, to trade Marvin Harrison Jr. unless there was a package. Quick pivot, Malik Neighbors, the big three young running backs. B. John Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, and Brees Hall, however you have them ranked, are those three guys, guys you're going to consider trading the 102 for right now in single QB? I would take where I mentioned before, Marvin Harrison, I would rather him over those three guys. I think that's kind of where you see that gap for me. I would rather have those three running backs, especially considering the landscape 
I would rather have those three running backs over Malik Neighbors at this point. Yeah, you know, it's we had Jax Falcone last week, and he's mm-hmm. on Neighbors over Bijan Robinson. So I think wow. like these these and that was like we did that was another fun one. We did a highly recommend if you're watching this show. We did a combined two round draft between the rising second year players and this current 2024 rookie class. Mm, and neighbors yeah. is just Jax's guy. So I'm I'm with you. I, I think I'm super excited about neighbors, but structurally it's so difficult to find those guys. But let's let's move on. So we get to the 106 in Superflex or the 103 in single QB. In a non-tight end premium format, who is your 103 right now? Is it still Bowers or would it be Roma Dunze? I think at this point, I would take Romo Dunze over Brock Bowers. And, and and I don't say that lightly because I do think Brock Bowers is a freaking incredible prospect. But I would argue that the tight end position is arguably the most scheme slash quarterback dependent position of these uh, of these positions that we play with in fantasy football. It's, it's the most dependent on what's going on around them because there are certain schemes that are going to feature the tight end and get them targets so much more than other schemes will. There's others that where there's quarterbacks that just really look for the tight end a lot more than other quarterbacks do. So, and, and part of that is, you know, we saw that with Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts was just as good, if not arguably a better prospect than Brock Bowers. And he's been doo-doo butter for, for fantasy football uh, over the past few years. And that's that's probably a little extreme. He hasn't been awful, but not nearly to the level that we would have expected or you were paying to get. And so, and, and he's not the only example. We've seen it out of other players as well that are really talented. But, you know, we saw it the first how many years with in Detroit with TJ Hawkinson, which is why it's so hilarious now that Laporta goes to that same team same situation and just balls out. Uh, but it's, it's yeah. So for me, I would take Odunze slightly ahead of Brock Bowers. Okay, so let's talk Roma Dunze as our 103. And it sounds like it's clear 103-104 for you, as it is for me with those guys. I might push back on Bowers uh, versus Odunze, but again, mm-hmm. it's 3-4, so it's semantics here. Chris Olave or either or the 103 right now? Uh <sighs> Give they me the win 103 so differently. Give me the 103. You're going to take the 103? I'm taking the 103. I like Odunze a lot. Yeah. He's 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 very he's very technically sound all the way around. He, you talked me into it. Yeah, I'll take the 103. Okay. So we're we're on we're on Odunze. Okay. Devon Achain, who showed us uh 17 plus points per game. We saw some flashes of what could be a fantasy breaker but not quite as insulated. Well, actually a clear break, I think, from those other three young running backs. But A-Chain's still a RB1 by by all means and a guy in a situation we love in Miami. Are you taking the 103 or A-Chain? I think I'm actually going to take Devon A-Chain there. Uh, and and it's it's close. Romo Dunze is a fantastic prospect. Uh, but right now... When I'm in a startup or when I'm in trades, there's so much depth at the wide receiver position right now that I could easily go out and get somebody that maybe isn't going to get me quite the production long-term that I'm expecting out of Odunze, but pretty close for 
relatively inexpensive. Whereas it's really difficult to get the type of production that we think we could be getting out of a, a Devon A. Chan. And who knows what the rest of the running back landscape on that team is going to look like this year. Uh, obviously, Moster is no spring chicken. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how all of these things work out. This was the first year and seemingly forever that he was healthy all year. So, so there's definitely an opportunity for him to be an actual like fantasy breaker, like just break yeah. fantasy football. Um, and, and then there's a chance where he's just a very good running back and that's it. But I, I'll play it a little bit more fast and loose here and, and I'll take Devon H. Chan. There's the, the scenario where he's Jamal Charles. There's a scenario where he's a uh, Tony Pollard. And I think you, yeah. you have to just, but at the end of the day, there's few guys that can give us a 20 point per game season at the running back position. He's one of them. Uh, let's push down a little bit further down the list. Jonathan Taylor, contract insulation, 2021 RB1 overall, has had disappointment, I guess, the last couple of years for fantasy, just in terms of can't either can't stay on the field, and then we saw the big production dip in 2022, goes from like 21 points a game down to like 13, 14. Uh, still not like a gross guy to have on your team, but not the same kind of enthusiasm. 104 or Jonathan Taylor? single so now we're down at the 107 for super flex people i'm trying to speak two languages yeah. at once once we're bilingual here on yeah, dynasty life yeah i love it um i am this is a great one because he, he, let me explain kind of where my head's at with this on one hand i think jonathan taylor is an awesome talent i think that you know we could absolutely still be seeing several running back one seasons out of him especially if he gets healthy, Anthony Richardson's healthy, that that duo together could be beautiful. On the flip side, he's not a spring chicken anymore. You know, he he's kind of in the prime of his his career, uh so to speak. He is a declining asset versus an ascending asset in the 103. So it's it's really difficult for me on this one. I do lean Jonathan Taylor in this scenario though. I could make an argument and again, I hate to be a cop out guy. But I'm probably leaning Taylor, but there mm -hmm. are plenty of rosters where I'd rather go with the the younger player. But I do think yeah. Taylor could have a huge renaissance next to Anthony Richardson, uh, you know, in an offense with Shane Steichen, where we saw like all that success Zach Moss had under Steichen just makes me like Jonathan Taylor more for this year. But Absolutely. we have a question question in the chat from uh shout out to Beast That Fang. Beast That Fang in the chat uh wants to know what our thoughts are about Tyreek Hill. And I guess this is sort of from a draft pick equity question. Tyreek Hill is a guy who is going to be 30, but this is a guy that could potentially win you the league next year. We're down to pick 10, what are we at here? 106, uh, 105. What, where are you at with a, with a pick that you would trade for Tyreek Hill um, that you would feel comfortable about? So, in, in a type of scenario where I'm acquiring Tyreek Hill, I'm obviously – I'm going for a ship at this point. You know, a million we're, percent. We're, we're not looking at him in rebuild. We're not we're not looking at him like, oh, we're in the middle of the road here. I don't know what, which way – like, no, he's the piece that says either I'm in first place and I want to ensure that I stay there or I'm the second or third team and I think he puts me as the top team if I acquire him. So that's the that's the type of scenario that we're looking at. And look, at the end of the day, here's how I look at it. We can try to make 
our rosters look beautiful from a young up and coming standpoint as much as we want. But at the end of the day, as silly as it sounds, we still want to win ships. We have, we have to go try to win championships because coming in second place and third place is no fun. We, we want to win titles. He's the type of guy that can put you at that level to single-handedly lead you to a championship at times. So all of that being said, I'm comfortable giving a mid-first in the perfect scenario. Uh, okay, so, so I'll, go, I'll go a little harder question because I'm with you. Again, it's roster-specific. If you think is. your team is top three in the league, that's when you make the move for Tyree Kill. You don't make a move for Tyree Kill. Like if you were last year's sixth seed, you're you're not trying to go out and get Tyree Kill. You're probably a little too far away from the title. But if you were last year's second seed, last year's first seed, last year's third seed, and you still have that window, push the chips in. Go win some money. You're paying for the next few years of your of your dynasty entry fees. Uh, let's go a little more difficult. We're at the 105 right now. Right. You have three players who are all going to be about 27. Brandon Ayuk, DJ Moore, Jalen Waddell. Are those all auto accepts? Let's say if uh, if you have the 105, are you trading the 105 for all three of those guys? Yeah, I'll take any one of those three. You can even throw Michael Pittman Jr. into that, that mix as well. Uh, I'm a big fan of his and, and around that same age range uh, as those guys. So uh, I would take – I think there's a pretty – big tier gap for me after Odunze and Bowers. Okay, so at the 105, we'll take it back backtrack. I hate going back in time on you. Let's You're go good. running back position. Travis Etienne or the 104 single QB. And Etienne's that's tricky. Etienne's yeah. a really tricky one because at the end of the year, he seems to get you what you need. But on a week-to-week basis, I struggle with Travis Etienne because he gets you a lot of these boom weeks and early on in the season, it was, it was mostly due to the the, the touchdown volume that he had it and that, but that kind of tapered off and every, both the, both these past two years, it's, we have these like six, eight point games. And then we have the 26 point games and you know, it, it's that one I really struggle with. So once again, it is going to be a little bit roster specific, though. But if I'm doing this, I'm going to take it from a startup mentality. Like, who would I rather have in a startup as I'm building my team? I think I would probably rather have the 104. Yeah, it's uh, they're they're all they're all interesting questions at this point. Travis Etienne's a guy where the production doesn't match the trade equity you're getting for him now. Like, yeah. I would love to make those these kind of trades, but I don't know. That's it's weird and. ETN, you know, finishes as like a top three running back last year. Then you have this group of running backs, Garrett, that were all class of 2022. They all have returned excellent value to us as dynasty managers. Ken Walker about neutral because we were pushing the chips up in single QB early for him, but he's still giving you 17 rushing touchdowns in two seasons, gave you some really big impactful games as a rookie. Uh, then you also have Rashad White. Rashad White finishes as like running back eight last year. Uh, you have Isaiah Pacheco, who was, uh, you know, yep. sort of like a not a Puka Nakua, but the amount we were paying for Puka in dynasty drafts is kind of what we were paying for for Pacheco. He was free, giving us production, and then James Cook, who, when Ken Dorsey takes over in Buffalo, we saw this incredible production. Which way are we going with those guys? As to which 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 guys would you most be interested in trading for right now in dynasty? 
Yeah, it's 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 tricky because it's not a list of guys that I personally love as far as you know, outside of Kyron Williams, we we mentioned him at the beginning of the show who who's part of that class. Most of these guys I think are fine players, but I'm not in love with any of them, and I really struggle trading four running backs that I'm not all in on. You know, yes, I'll 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 draft them if they're the next available. But if I'm going to go out and trade for a running back, at that point, I would rather just I'll trade for Joe Mixon. I'll trade for, you know, because he's going to be cheaper and it'll give me that one to two years of production. I'll, I'll trade for Alvin Kamara. I'll trade for these guys that are older and uglier and maybe don't have as much value as these guys, but I'm going to get them a lot cheaper. And I think I can get just as good, if not better production out of them. And then I'll do the same thing in another year or two. And I'll just take an ugly warded nasty running back that nobody wants anymore. And and so, I, but if, but sticking to the question, if I had to take one, I'll, pro- I'll probably lean James cook. I think James cook is going to probably be in, in, in a role of sorts uh, where, where he is going to be featured as, as a third down back. I don't know that he's ever going to be fully trusted to be that bell cow that we want him to be, but I think, I think we're going to have a nice long career with him making plays in the passing game as a really solid flex play on your fantasy team. So James Cook's your preferred player of this group of running backs. James Cook is in a nice situation heading into next year. And James Cook, I feel like the trade market is pretty low for him. I haven't Mm -hmm. seen too many James Cook trades go down. I've tried to cash out big, and I'm just not seeing a whole lot of counters I would accept. When you're looking at a guy like James Cook, when it comes to this year's uh, draft, are you trading the 107 in single QB or let's call it the 110 in Superflex to get James Cook? Um, I think that's a fair range. I would probably be closer to 11 or 12 because I think somewhere in that 10 to 12 range is probably where we're going to see the RB1 come off the board. I don't know exactly who it is at the moment. And I don't know exactly what pick, but I think it's going to be somewhere in that 10 to 12 range. And so now I'm going to be evaluating kind of James Cook versus that top running back. More than likely, there's a couple guys that I think if they get the right draft capital, I could see myself being a little bit higher on than than James Cook. So I would probably have that. So I think we're right at the turn for me where I would feel comfortable trading for James Cook. You know, if you want to take 112, and I'll take James Cook. I might do that 201, like right around there. That's one of those standoffs where neither manager is gonna gonna make the move at the 112 and no one's right. gonna get a deal. So we're we're kind of there. Garrett, I'd love to talk to you for much longer, but we're we've hit an hour 15. You've been super generous with your time and your takes. We're gonna have to do this again and Absolutely. do a trade show where we're like 107 starting. But hopefully this was helpful to you. Not necessarily helpful to you if you have a whole lot of picks at like 110 through 112. But hopefully this mental exercise helps you as a dynasty manager in terms of looking at your teams, hearing what Garrett and I said about potentially trading. And, you know, leagues are different. In certain leagues, you're going to get a king's ransom for these picks. Certain leagues are tighter than others. But definitely check that trade market. Garrett, let everybody know what you have coming out on Dynasty Nerds. Yeah, yeah. Lots of good things coming out. We've got an extra show coming out each and every week my, my good friend jared wackerly and i were working on the nerd score we're also doing the the talking dynasty show uh so lots of lots of good things coming out each and every week as we get ready for the nfl draft awesome yeah definitely f- follow garrett on twitter check out his work at dynasty nerds 
Stick with us here at Dynasty Life all offseason long. We're going to be dropping weekly shows like this with some of the best minds in Fantasy Dynasty content. And Futurecast, we're dropping a three-round rookie mock draft, single QB. That should air later tonight. We recorded the other night, Matty Kiwum, John Lobb, and myself. That was a lot of fun. Have some new values after the Senior Bowl. And yeah, stick with us here at Player Profiler. And if uh, you don't see me next week, enjoy the Super Bowl. Have a good day, everyone. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.